Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today for the transgressors memorial service, remembering those who have transgressed against the great spirit of inclusion and must forever be cast into the abyss of dead names. Let's join Brother Andrew remembering those who we have lost. first remembrance this week is for Homer Simpson strangling his son Bart. As most of you know, one of the recurring atrocities on this hellscape of a Neanderthal anti-woke animated so-called satire was that the irascible Bart would so frustrate his father that Homer could do nothing other than throttle his son in a horrific display of bad parenting. Although the terrible choice to show this child abuse on screen had been previously abandoned for a short time from season 22 to season 24 a decade ago, it had somehow returned like an undead joke that just couldn't be head traumaed into oblivion. But in an episode airing last month, Homer indirectly announced his full sanctification while shaking the hand of a new neighbor. Whoa, that's quite a grip. See, March, strangling the boy has paid off. Just kidding, I don't do that anymore. Times have changed. Times have changed indeed. What a wonderful expression of hope for us all. If the impossibly incompetent Homer Simpson can evolve, perhaps anyone can. And even though we all understand the frustration of spending 35 years trying to discipline the same recalcitrant 10-year-old, uh, that certainly never justifies cartoon violence against imaginary ageless children. Now, some misguided analysts might claim that the whole point of showing Homer choking Bart was to associate that kind of child abuse with the obviously atrocious parenting of Homer, indirectly teaching people that only terrible parents abuse their children. But we have no patience for these kind of sentiments that require people to think and interpret satirical art with anything beyond a superficial analysis. And that's why we applaud this apparent step toward the full netification of Homer. Flanders would obviously never strangle his wonderful children, and if the plot arc of The Simpsons is to eventually show Homer becoming Ned, the clear moral paragon of the show in every way except for the fact that he happens to be a Christian, we applaud the move. Let nothing offend, let nuance be gone, and may we all be as Flanders as possible. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. Second. A hearty dose of praise for the outstanding work being done at the Department of Health and Human Services, which last month rolled out its updated official Gender Identity, Non-Discrimination, and Inclusion Guidance on National Coming Out Day. The linchpin of this splendid new set of directives is the commandment that, quote, all applicants and employees should be addressed by the names and pronouns they use to describe themselves because using correct names and pronouns helps foster workplaces free of discrimination and harassment. Now, some might say, what about the discrimination against those who believe sex is something you're born with, or those who adhere to regressive traditional religions? Well, obviously it's okay to discriminate against them. Duh. It's not harassment if the victims are bad people. It's just accountability. Another feature of this policy we admire is its patience with minor mispronounings. As the new doctrine explains, quote, the isolated and inadvertent use of an incorrect name or pronoun will generally not constitute unlawful harassment. But then again, a repeater persistent offenders will be subject to discipline and even termination if they refuse to give up their free speech rights for the sake of their gender-divergent co-workers' feelings. Just as it's obvious that you are permitted to believe anything you like about your gender, it is also obvious that I am not permitted to believe anything I like about your gender. Your beliefs control my beliefs and my speech. End of story. Amen. How else can we groupthink in harmony and unity, pledging allegiance to the rainbow flag of the United Sexualities of America? 
So kudos to you, HHS, and your transgender assistant secretary, Admiral Rachel Levine. You really are gender-bending the arc of the moral universe towards justice. Well done. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. And finally, another hearty round of approbation for the pioneering work being done by the Pittsburgh Public Schools Board, which recently spent $50,000 to have Ketzel Education Consulting completely purge the district's math classes of racism. The directive to Ketzel, which according to their website specializes in workshops on anti-racist math and equipping teachers with the tools to, quote, identify, disrupt, and replace practices that perpetuate white supremacy, end quote, is to create workshops to confront, quote, oppressive practices in math instruction with practices that center the wellness of students of color and to provide opportunities for math departments and math teachers to grow their anti-racist math praxis collaboratively in pedagogy and instruction, end quote. When someone says something so well, all you want to do is quote them. In promoting anti-racist math leadership in the Pittsburgh schools, Ketzel will help, quote, identify issues of equity in math spaces, end quote, after taking educators through their initial anti-racist math workshop, Series Edition 1, or what we like to call the one 2 threes of math decolonization. We hope this wonderful work will parallel the State of Oregon's model for creating an equitable math toolkit, which reminds us that, quote, Upholding the idea that there are always right and wrong answers perpetuates objectivity as well as a fear of open conflict. So true. Many people believe that the challenge we face in math is students not being able to get right answers. In fact, the real enemy of good math education is the belief that there are right answers. The idea of objective truth itself is the real barrier we must transcend on the way to truly inclusive and emotionally reassuring math excellence. If there's space in the new anti-racist curriculum, we also deeply hope the Pittsburgh schools can follow the guidance gleaned from the National Council of Teachers of Mathematics webinar in 2022, in which they explained that tracking, the practice of grouping students by ability or achievement into cohorts that are taught based on their perceived level of competence rather than altogether, is really a form of what they called, quote, spirit murdering inflicted on children of color through math, their words. To all this, I say bravo, leaders in education. In all honesty, with so many right things being said by you, there's literally nothing left for me to say on my own. With the minds of the future being so capably molded by you and your values, everything should be perfectly fine. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. As you depart today, please consider contributing to the fundraising being done on behalf of our dear otherin Antonio Pellegrini, who spent the past week convalescing after being confronted in an online discussion forum with the question, if the United States is such an awful place, why are so many people doing everything they can to come here by any available means? Flummoxed by the implications of this conundrum, Antonio retreated to their bedroom and has been catatonic ever since. Funds raised will help pay for a home visit by a certified logic exorcist who we hope can cast out the demon of sound reasoning and reprogram Antonia to ignore the implications of questions they cannot answer with the dogmas we preach. Refreshments this week are provided by Nacho Camas, the postmodern Tex-Mex Cantina and Alternative Grammar Emporium. Nacho Camas specializes in subverting the structure of Western imperialism by serving authentic Mexican dishes off a menu featuring creative misspellings, inappropriate use of the period, overuse of ellipses, and random tildes above letters other than the N. For more than 30 years, Nacho Camas has been a bastion of anti-post-logical positivist activism, in which time their primary accomplishment has been to foster a strong sense of social disaffection. Try the case it is. You can really taste the self-loathing. Liberation Today magazine calls them downright Kafka-esque. 
And now, brethren, sistren, and otheren, having been cleansed of these hurtful words, give each other the holy virtue signal and go forth and transgress no more.